Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. When you think about the Christmas story, who is the first character that comes to mind? The answer to this question will vary widely depending upon the audience, but today Pastor Jim says a majority will think about Mary first, not just as a character either, they will make her the main character. He reminds you, however, that the story is not about Mary. She played a very important role, but this is not her story. This is a story of redemption and of Jesus Christ coming to save you from sin. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of Luke chapter 1 as he continues his message, A Present from Heaven, Joy. For most of us, it can be very hard to believe that the Lord will save and guide his people the way he did in the past. And Mary is living in a time when, if you look at your Bible, there's that Old Testament and New Testament, there's a page in between that's blank. That page took 400 years to write. The prophets have been relatively silent for 400 years. So she's living in a time when there's real, they haven't heard anything from God, and yet she believes it. She believes that God will do it again. And of course, that's something I need to ask you. I need to ask myself, do I believe that the things that God did in the past, that he will do them again? Mary knows that she needs a savior. She knows that that savior is her God. God, my savior. That's the good news that the angels will tell us about on Sunday. And interesting that Elizabeth says to Mary, I can't believe the mother of my Lord comes here. Now, we're going to talk about Mary and her husband, and God calls them righteous people. You may not have noticed in the Bible, but not too many people are given that title. They're called righteous people. And she says, why would the mother of my Lord, why would the mother of my God even come to my house? And so Mary realizes that her son Jesus is the Savior, and he brings her deep joy. Now, having a child is a very joyful thing, but she realizes that the joy this child brings is going to be much deeper than any other joy. That takes us to number two, the experience of personal joy. Personal joy, verse 48. For he has regarded the lowly state, some versions say the humble state of his maid servant. That kind of reminds us that she's been reading 1 Samuel chapter 1 of Hannah. For behold, henceforth, or from now on, this is a saying you may have heard, all generations will call me blessed. Or some people say blessed. Why? Verse 49, for he who is mighty or the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. More Old Testament language. Now, the word maidservant's really been cleaned up by our Bibles, really been cleaned up by our Bibles. Literally, it means that she is a female slave to God and she's totally fine with it. She also says she's lowly. That means she's low in status. And we'll see the opposite of that when we get to verse 52. Yet she's low in status, but 
generations will call her blessed. Why will she be so blessed? She tells us why. She says, because the Lord has done great things for me. And if you drag yourself into the story, into the text, you will see, she will show you that she has done great things for you too. Although I think Mary is like all of us feel a lot of times, she probably feels seemingly insignificant in the universe. Do you ever feel that way? It's like, does anybody notice me? But she knows that God is at work in her life. And she wants all of us to know that God is at work in our lives too. Sadly, some have taken the words, all generations will call me blessed or blessed to venerate Mary. Now, for some people, that means to show her high respect. 100% okay. 100% okay. Poor Mary. Either people think she's like the greatest thing since sliced bread and other people want to kick her to the curb. Both are incorrect views. Very incorrect views. The incorrect views are from people not from who she's portrayed as in the Bible. So high respect, absolutely. Other people want to worship Mary. That's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. But notice what Mary does. Mary points us to who? To God. Mary doesn't point us to Mary. Mary points us to God. So if you're really offended by Mary worshipers, don't blame her. Don't blame her. She's in heaven going, no, no, no. Right? It's not her. But, but again, we are to respect her. So interestingly enough, if you call Mary blessed, what are you doing? You're praising the Lord. Why? For what the Lord did through her and because what her son enabled us to become a child of God. Notice here she points out the Lord's power and holiness, something that a teenage girl who is the laughing stock of the town, who's going to have a very difficult life in front of her. So this is not going to be some easy thing. But the Lord's power and holiness is something that a teenage girl has experienced. And you can experience that too. Throughout the Bible, and we say this often, and I'll say it over and over again, God takes ordinary people and does extraordinary things with them. And then we've been seeing in Esther, you never know the little things that you do, what a difference they can make. And that's what he does with Mary, and that's what he will do with you but also because of his holiness, which she draws attention to. She says, holy is his name. She is experiencing the Lord, experiencing his power to act on behalf of those who love him. You see, I think that's where she derives her hope and confidence in the future. She says, okay, well, God asked me to do this now to bear his son now. I can't imagine that I'm just going to have this child and then he's just going to drop me like a hot potato. I can't imagine that he hasn't seen beyond the birth of this child. So she has confidence in the future, including all of eternity. 
So she worships the God of what? The God of great things. He has done great things. I hate to be a pessimist, but how different this is than the American church. We are the programmed church, not looking at what God is doing and what God will do. But often people, when you're a pastor, people meet you and go, tell me about the programs of your church. I'm like, preach the Bible, love people, go to heaven. I mean, there's stuff that we do, it is, but it's not, it's not who we are. It's not who we are. For often, a lot of church can be a social club. To be honest with you, growing up, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was really more like a social club. Not really a place that was focused on God. Not really a place of worship. You see, Mary knows something that most people don't, that the Lord does indeed look upon the heart. And her heart is full of personal joy for God himself. She's a woman of true faith. She knows God personally. She sees the evidence of his grace in her life. And it's like she's saying, it'll be okay. It will be okay. Can I say it one more time? It will be okay. And because of that, I can have personal joy in the Lord. Number three, the experience of merciful joy. Merciful joy. Verse 50, and his mercy. Some of you are like, where does he get these outline points from? I just steal them from the text. And his mercy is on, the idea is for those who fear him. To fear him is to revere him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. Some versions say the humble. Verse 53, he has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. Some people call this the upside down kingdom. Here Mary tells us how her son will turn the world right side up. She tells us the Lord will show mercy to his people those that reverence him and that will continue to reverence him throughout history. You have to stay at this all the way. This is, this is a long-term thing. We're not just doing this for a few years and then just take a vacation. We are in this long-term. And Mary serves here as a great example to us, not because she's the mother of Jesus. She is the mother of Jesus, but None of you are going to be the mother of Jesus. I know some of you have that motherly instinct. Hello, Jesus, how are you? Right? It's not, going to, it's not going to fly in heaven. Okay? So that's not it. How was she an example to us? Through her experience of the mercy of God in the midst of difficulty. She chooses to experience God's mercy. In no way does she attribute the mercy to herself. Rather, instead, she says, she's like, oh, I'm such a goody two-shoes. That's why I, I get mercy. She doesn't say that at all. Rather, this is how the Lord treats his faithful people. 
And by being one of his faithful people, by remaining faithful, I can expect the mercy of God. Now, no doubt she knows her Bible. And this is what, and she knows this is what God did for his people who were slaves in Egypt. You know, we think a lot of times as Christians, we think of like, well, God sent his son. And we should think about that. But for the people of the ancient world in the Old Testament, they think of God took us out of Egypt. God set us free. Safe to say her joy is in God's mercy in the fact that by sending his son as the savior, that will bring about a new exodus. But that exodus will come about not by the people of God sacrificing a lamb and putting the blood on their doorposts as they did in the Passover. That exodus will come about by Jesus Christ dying on the cross. In verse 51, it says the arm of God, that is symbolic of God's strength, is how the Lord saves and how he puts down the proud. Oh, how we have to be careful of being proud. Pride leads people to be self-sufficient. Pride leads people to forget the Lord. And pride refuses to acknowledge God's rightful position as the Lord of all. And it's scary. Look at verse 52 and 53. He says, the Lord will put the proud down and the rich he has sent away empty. If you're a follower of Jesus and you are rich, now, if you talk to people from other countries, they will tell you, you're all rich. <laughs> you're Americans. But if you're, you're a follower of Jesus and you're rich, a safe way to be rich is to use the resources that God has given you for the glory of God. I'm not saying you can't enjoy the blessings that God has given you. You can, in fact, enjoy the blessings that God has given you. But the Lord also wants you to use those blessings to bless others. And the Lord wants you to use those blessings to help finance the work of the Lord locally, in the church you belong to, in the community, in the world, and to serve God with the gifts that he has given you. Each Sunday, I watch people walk by and I think, wow, there's just so many unused gifts just walking by and walking by and walking by. God's mercy is when he doesn't give us what we deserve. And I think when we realize that God's mercy, we don't get what we deserve. Jesus got what we deserve on the cross. Jesus was treated as if he had lived our life on the cross. I think that takes a follower of Jesus away from just manger awe and worship. And we should have awe and worship as we approach the king in the manger. But, but it's much more than that. God's mercy takes us into so many different areas. It takes us out of church being our only expression of faith. Maybe it's you, but you, it's not uncommon to meet people and you say, well, you're a Christian. And they say, uh, yeah, I go to church. I'm like, that is not what makes you go a Christian. Should Christians go to church? Absolutely, they should. Should they go to a church that's clueless about Jesus? Absolutely not. <laughs> they should go to a church that, that clearly teaches the word of God. But church is not your only expression of faith. Your expression of faith 
It's a life to be lived in all the different areas and all the different things that we do. And you combine that with the coming of this merciful Savior. You combine that with the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You combine that with the good news of the gospel and the Lord's mercy. Instead of you thinking like, oh, he's saying I should have got this punishment. The Lord's mercy will joyfully change you from the inside out. You will be so different. That takes us to number four, the experience of promised joy. Promised joy. Verse 54, he has helped his servant Israel. If you're taking notes, that's such the language of Isaiah 40 to 55. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, or in other words, as he remembered his mercy. Verse 55, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. The new revised standard version puts it this way. According to the promise, he, that would be the Lord, made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Mary tells us that God has always been faithful to his promises. She knows it. She sits there in all of this tremendous difficulty that she knows is coming her way. And maybe her parents told her, do you realize what's going to happen now to you? And she knows that God is always faithful to his promises. And how can we see it? We can see it in the Christmas child. She says, God made promises to our ancestors. He told us a Messiah was coming. And she's like, and now I know he's coming. He's in my belly, but he's not going to be in there forever. He's going to come out and bless the world. So her prayer and her joy rests on God's sure word, on God's promises, and most of all, the promise of the Messiah, her Savior, her God. And Jesus will announce to the world the good news of the gospel the salvation promises of the forgiveness of sins and eternal life to those who fear and revere God all over the world. The Lord will free his people. God, the Lord will free his people. But for now, Mary, although she's not there yet, she knows that's what God's promised. And so she celebrates the promises of God. When was the last time you celebrated the promises of God? She celebrates the work of God. What she's doing is she is responding in faith and trust to the word of God. That includes following through with obedience, doing the difficult thing that God has asked her to do. She, she finds great joy in not just knowing about God, but actually knowing him and experiencing how the Lord works in her life and how the Lord will work out the promises he has made to her in her life. That's a big part of the message of Christmas. Rejoicing that God is active in the lives of his people. That he's made promises to us and he will continue to be active in our lives. 
In the midst of difficulty, Mary is thrilled over what the Christmas child will bring to the world. He will bring salvation. He will bring deliverance, security, pardon for sins for all who put their faith and trust in Jesus. Her heart is stirred. It's a question I'm always asking myself. Is my heart stirred for Jesus? Am I constantly thinking about the great things that he has done for me? And I want to end with a bit of a challenge. I believe that Mary and Joseph were two wonderful, wonderful people. Perhaps they were two of the best people living on planet Earth at the time. I have no idea. But I know that they were two wonderful people that God the Father picked to raise his son. He didn't pick a bunch of bums. He picked two wonderful people. And the angel told Joseph, don't divorce her. Don't call it off. Because your boy, Joseph, your adoptive boy, he is coming here to save his people from their sins. Imply, Joseph, you've got to become one of his people. Mary, what did she do? She rejoiced in God, my Savior. So here's the challenge. If those two wonderful, godly people needed a Savior, don't you and don't I? John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13 says this, but as many as received him, you received Jesus through faith and trust. To them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Jesus was born of God. God the Holy Spirit put Jesus in Mary's belly. And so to become a child of God, to have the right to become the child of God was just as true for Mary as it is for you and me. Her son was God become a man to save his people, those who trust in him from their sins. Mary discovered a world of unexpected grace she became incredibly joyful about what God does for his people, that Jesus rescues, that Jesus rescues his people. So often people leave the church or leave the faith for so many silly reasons. I was thinking about this humble couple, and then I was thinking about why I've seen so many people over the years leave the church and leave the faith, and not just this church, but other churches, and so many times people, you know why they leave? No one recognized my greatness. <laughs> and here you have this humble woman who would be like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? God has done great things for me. It is his greatness. It is not mine. Mary realizes the recognition and honor is God in her life, not her in God's life. And that produces in Mary wonder, passion, 
and joy. That's Christmas. That's Christmas. God becomes a man, lives a perfect life in your place, in my place, dies on the cross in your place, in my place. So if you and I turn to him and put our trust in him, heaven will call you blessed. Heaven will call you blessed. Why? All because of your trust in the Christmas child who makes it possible for you to be a child of God and makes it possible for you to find not just any joy, but for you to find and experience God's joy. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Would you like to hear this message again? Simply log on to our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. There, you can listen to archived broadcasts. We promise that your heart and life will be touched very specifically when you take the time to listen to Pastor Jim's easy-to-follow, verse-by-verse teachings of the Bible. Also, know that we are thankful for your continued support and prayers that allow us to bring our show to you. Through this holiday season and messages just like this one, may you find joy in the Savior Jesus Christ. He can give you peace that passes all understanding, even during this busy time. Will you make plans to join us again next time for another encouraging, comforting, and also convicting teaching of the Word of God? Please do. We hope to be with you next time here on Changed by Love.